Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's keeping well in the world right now. Hello everyone and I'm already getting the feeling I'm going to be on my own defending my honour and fun films honour. Um, Let's say good films because it's not good films whatsoever, is it? Let's get it out there <laughs> no. right away. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I'm going to be outnumbered today. So hello everyone. Yes, I think you will be outnumbered. Uh, we are joined with our good friend, Mr. Ash Dolan's returning for his fourth episode, I believe. Is that right, Ash? Um, do, do, yes, third, uh, fourth, because the horror one was a two-parter, wasn't it? So, yes, that's right. That was it. Yeah. So how have you been, Ash? It's been a while since you were last on. Um. Not too bad. Enjoying many fantastic films and many very not fantastic films that I get dragged along to. <laughs> yeah, there's no malice in that at all, was there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are here to discuss some less than stellar films. Uh, it's the bad comic book movie special, particularly brought to you by Morbius the movie, I think. <laughs> should be sponsored by that one uh, there's been a lot of negative reviews flying around recently for like the latest uh, moon knight tv series blade trinity has been trending on netflix and just the whole jared leto of it all going on at the moment so there's quite a lot of bad comic book stuff going around at the moment so i thought we'd jump on that train and have a look at some of the worst that the genre has to offer uh, we discuss our thoughts on the first two episodes of Moon Knight and Disney Plus's Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. And of course, we will have a look at Morbius too. Uh, but before we get into that, I think what we'll do is we'll give away a few top threes. Uh, we won't go round the table like we do with our top fives, because this is something I think we can probably revisit down the line, to be perfectly honest. Um, so what we'll do is we'll start off with the top three worst superhero comic book movies. Uh, the worst offenders of the genre in your eyes. Stu, show Ash how it's done. I mean, I'm just going to caveat this. Right? There is some on, on here that should be here, but they're not because I, do, I refuse to watch them. Mm. Um, <laughs> knowing how bad they are. So this is from ones that I have seen. Um, and obviously, the worst ever is Catwoman. <laughs> it just I think it, in it. I mean, it, the fact that I think the game version got a, a three out of ten, and that was better than <laughs> the actual <laughs> film that it was based on, and it's just well, just absolute nonsense. And a clear cash cash grab from for whatever reason, if there was a license being up or something like that, who knows? Um, well, we do know what the license was up for was the last. Fantastic Four film, um, mm. which was made purely for that reason. Because if they didn't, then it would have gone back to Marvel. So, and it's just a joke. It's just shit beyond belief. <laughs> and uh, my third worst superhero movie is Superman Four. Because oh, that, that's an interesting one. Yeah, it might it might as well have just been a student project for the amount of effort <laughs> and love that any anyone involved in it put into it. To be honest, it was a stinker, wasn't it? Right, Ash. What's your uh, bottom three? I guess rather than top three. So yeah, 
I was going to put the new Fantastic Four in, but I refuse to watch it, so I can't in all good conscience <laughs> say it because I haven't seen it. I just I know it's that bad. But my three were, quite conveniently, the first Suicide Squad, which featured somebody who shall remain nameless for now. Uh, Spider-Man 3, which nearly killed Venom. Let's be honest. Mm, yeah. It destroyed that entire, nearly destroyed that entire franchise. And Green Lantern, because that was just an abomination. Yeah, I was so into Green Lantern at the time. Like Green Lantern was my favourite comic book superhero. So I was so, so excited for that film. Oh, God, it was a mess, wasn't it? Absolutely <laughs> right. atrocious. I remember we went to a staff showing for that and we were all so excited because it's Ryan Reynolds and, you know, he can what he can do. And then we just came out of it as wet fart. Absolute wet fart. It was ridiculous. And there's, there's a lot of elements to it that means it should be good. Like, was it, it was Angela Bassett, wasn't it? It was playing Amanda Waller. Um, Mark Strong is... Fucking, Mark Strong is great in everything. And to be fair, he was good as Sinestro. He just wasn't given the source material to do anything with it. No. No. Uh, so my three damned films. I've gone with films which I had probably the highest expectations, but was delivered the most rock bottom of rubbish. Um, I've got to put a TV show in there because Gotham is the absolute pit. <laughs> like, as a huge Batman fan, and I was a big fan of Smallville. Going into Gotham, I was like, right, I'm, I'm properly up for this. This is going to be the best thing ever. And it was such a damp squib. It just didn't deliver anything at all from what you wanted. The only reason that it's tangentially Bat-related is because they had the Batman kid in there. Like, anything else was... There was nothing else identifiable about Gotham as a bat-related project, to be perfectly honest. It was just very much, we'll use the names, but nothing else. And I don't mind them veering from the source material, but there was no recognition to the source material whatsoever other than the names of the, the protagonists in it. So that's just piss poor in my books. Batwoman um, is worse than Gotham. Batwoman's bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I tapped out... What was it, second episode of the second season on that? Um, but I didn't go in with high hopes, whereas I did with Gotham. That's that's the difference for me. Uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, that there are worse films in the X mm. franchise. However, that was the one that I think broke the camel's back. That that was Is the that one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yes, that was the first Deadpool we got. So I, I went in really looking forward to that. I don't particularly like Hugh Jackman. He does very little for me. Um, but I was looking forward to that because I didn't hate most of the, the first few X-Men films. And then that just... That sort of opened your eyes and made me realise actually the first three films aren't really that good. And it just properly shit the bed. So, yeah, X-Men Origins Wolverine is up there. And the film that I think is probably the worst of the MCU is Iron Man 2. I think it's absolutely shocking. It's the most dull, decrepit, bland, run-of-the-mill of all of the Marvel films. And from that point on, it just sort of tainted everything else because it, it shows up that pretty much every Marvel film is the same film, just with a different 
colour suit that the person is wearing. It's basically the same. And I feel that that's where the rot set in for me with Iron Man 2. Because I quite enjoyed the first one and I didn't hate anything up until that point. But it felt like that was where it had, it had well and truly jumped the shark by then and it just it killed all love that I had for that. Uh, you've both mentioned, though, the Fantastic film. Um, what an absolute abomination of a movie that was. And it's quite interesting that the studios have done that twice with Fantastic Four. They did the one that they released, which I genuinely think there is a film in there. It's just muddied by the studio um, interference on it. The first half of that film is okay. Like, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. And then it's literally the halfway point where it jumps 12 months into the future and the <laughs> film dies on its arse from there. It's completely dreck from that point onwards. Um, like I said, I, I do think there would have been a, a decent movie in there. But because I had such, such low expectations, it was never going to make my list. But obviously... The Roger Corman film from the, I think it was the early 90s. So it was the first time that the studio made a film purely because they wanted to keep the rights. And that film was never released, but on the dark corners of the interweb, you can find that film. Have either of you seen that movie? No. No. Oh, I've, I've, there's been, the only time I even heard about this was about a year ago um, when someone put the an old Captain America film up as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was linked to this Fantastic Four thing that I, I'd never heard of at all. And there was a made-for-TV Spider-Man film as well, which I remember watching on telly years and years ago. Um, yeah. I used but, to like quite like the old-school Spider-Man. Is it like 79, was it, I think? Possibly something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I would thoroughly recommend the... Uh, Roger Corman version of Fantastic Four. It is both the worst and the best of the Fantastic Four films because at least it is a B-movie that was never intended for release. So they kind of just swing for the fences and go balls out. Whereas the two with Julian McMahon were just boring and that that latest one was just a complete swing and a miss. Uh, Superman 4 is an interesting one because I, I will be coming on to Superman 3 because that is a film that I wanted to touch on but yeah, Superman 4 was a real it, it felt very much like the studio had run its course there they didn't have any money left for the, the project and they just sort of wanted to carry on somehow uh, Stu, what, why is it one of your did you say it was your worst or your third worst? I can't remember It was my third worst it's when um, Superman Returns was kind of being mooted, I thought, okay, I haven't seen these films for a long, long time, and obviously one and two are great, and they're still, in their own way, they still stand up. The third one's, it is what it is. But this is just, I think because it is so cheap and it's so bad and no one cares, that it, everyone's phoning in the performance, and I will get that to that later, but... It's just every single thing about it is bad. It's mm. really, really bad, <laughs> and i i couldn't even I couldn't even watch it to laugh at it anymore because it's not funny. It's just shit, and it annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's why I didn't buy the Superman box set 
to go with all the other stuff over there mm. because it's. I mean, there's other films, obviously. I, I know people are going to be shocked that I've not put Eternals there, but Eternals is not bad in the in the sense of worst films. It's not a good yeah. film in yes. any way, shape, or form. But it's not one of the worst superhero films whatsoever. Superman <laughs> Four very much is. <laughs> Ash, you singled out Spider-Man 3 from the uh, original Sam Raimi run. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that. The, the thing is with this, obviously you'd said that it nearly killed Venom before it got going. It was the studio's idea to put Venom in. Um, Sam Raimi never wanted Venom as the main bad guy in that. Yeah. It, it's very interesting that it was treated with such apathy, I suppose is the word. It, I don't know whether it doesn't help because I'm not a big fan of Topher Grace and I don't think he helped no. at all, really. Um, it just didn't have... I suppose when you've had um, Tom Hardy given the performance that he did and you can see what he can be, hmm. to have it so watered down, it just didn't... It just made it dull. Yeah. I wonder if there's something of like there was a change in the times at that point. We'd been through the the light and airy early days of, of Spider Man, and we were still doing that. Like, what when was that film released? Like seven, eight years after the first one, um, and it doesn't feel like there's been any evolution to the, the style of the film. It still felt very cartoony, um, and I don't think cartoony works for a character like Venom. No. Mm. Uh, one of the films that I mentioned was X-Men uh, Wolverine movie obviously we've had a few absolute stinkers in the, the X-Universe Stu, where would you put Wolverine in in the list of the, the X-Men movies? It's in it's in the bottom three or four, <laughs> easily It's if Dark Phoenix didn't exist then it'd be, it'd be rock bottom, wouldn't it? And I don't think Apocalypse was that great either. No, it wasn't. Um, you didn't count New Mutants. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I, I, oh. I, I, I had no interest in it whatsoever for this reason. I'd completely forgot about uh, New Mutants, to be honest. But yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> and it was just the same with um, Green Lantern. I've never seen Green Lantern because I know what it, apparently how bad it is. And it's even one of them that I. I can't summon it within myself to make myself annoyed for no reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was another one. That was another one. The game of X Men Origins Wolverine was excellent. Mm, I, I, even I had that. It was brilliant. Yeah, it's and it's one of the reasons I've still got my PS3 available and willing to play just in just in case I want to bash mm. one out on that again because I still got the, it. Still all works and everything. And it was great and but the film itself it. I think it was just a miss for a lot of reasons, not just one main one. And you can't really put your finger on it because it should have been good. Mm. But there was just something missing. I don't know what they did to Deadpool was whatever. Um, but yeah, there just something wasn't quite right. And I, I've never been able to put my finger on it. And I remember when I, whoever I went to the cinema to watch that with fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> And it's I can't even remember who it was. So, that says it already. Volumes, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Okay, so what we'll do next, we'll talk about our top three worst performances in comic book movies or TV shows. Ash, start us off. <laughs> um, I have two for the same person in separate films. Uh, and it's both Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> for Suicide Squad, of course. And then probably go into a bit further in Morbius. Uh, but the most reprehensible one for me, and it pains me, it's Christopher Eccleston in For the Dark World. Mm. I've never seen a more phoned-in performance. It's just appalling. Yeah, it was a stinker, wasn't it? <sighs> Stu, what's your bottom three? You can't argue with anything, can you? <laughs> um... Again, like you just touched on earlier, Christopher Reeve in Superman 4 just couldn't be asked. <laughs> and especially especially bad because you've you've seen what he could do mm. like mere years earlier in the same role. And it's just just literally can't be asked. Um Halle Berry in Catwoman, again, <laughs> already mentioned. It's getting a it's getting a double mention because it is that awful. And uh, it's almost it's almost one of them things I need to watch it again. Just one more time in my entire life just to see if, if it mm. really is as bad as I remember. Because I remember coming out of that thinking, what the hell was that? How has this even been signed off on? Um, <laughs> and the third one is old Bat Nipples himself, George Clooney. Yeah, Clooney. I, I love Clooney, but um, yeah, no. No, not at all on that one. Uh, my My three... Um, David Mazouz as Bruce Wayne. I want to punch that little cut. <laughs> I fucking hate him. He was so uncharismatic for someone who he's supposed to be. I mean, obviously he's gone through a trauma, but he doesn't show any signs of trauma. He's just one note throughout the whole thing. Terrible. He's a kid. Yeah, but I mean, he's still supposed to be acting. <laughs> show me that you're upset. And at no point did I ever think that kid's parents have been murdered. <laughs> like he just was shit. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Olsen, Wonder Maximoff. I don't know why she gets the plaudits. She's absolutely terrible. Her face barely moves in any of her performances, and it still bugs me that awful accent that she did, and then just randomly dropped. And then when she was questioned about it, she said, "Oh, Black Widow taught her how to speak with an American accent." If it didn't happen on screen, it didn't happen. That's just bullshit because you haven't done your job properly. And the other one I've got is Sophie Turner, as Phoenix slash Jean Grey. Um, Sophie Turner's not a good actor at all. Even watching Game of Thrones, which I like Game of Thrones, but she's terrible in that. But the character that she plays, you can get away with her being a stony you know, hard-faced bitch. That works perfectly for, for Sansa Stark. But for Jean Grey, a woman who's going through a cosmic-sized mental breakdown, to just sort of keep it a monotone voice throughout was terrible. She was absolute dog shit in that film. Really awful. Um, obviously, Ash, Eccleston, we're both... Well, we're all three of us, we're big Doctor Who fans. Um... I don't know if it's a controversial thing to say, but Eccleston is probably the best actor to have played Doctor Who. Like, he's the one who's got the most chops, I would say. Um, maybe between him and Capaldi. 
So I would have expected great things from him. Is it a case that he was bad or was the writing bad? I think he was cut off at the knees a little bit. There's not a lot for him to sink his teeth into, really. Because I think, if I remember rightly, he spends half the time after the film asleep slash resting, doesn't he? And then he comes mildly alive. But you can just tell with him that where he's just like, I can't be arsed with this. This is falling off the face of the earth. Um. But you you've seen some of the episodes in Doctor Who where he's given it uh, he's given it his all, and to compare the two, it's just night and day, isn't it? Mm, it's worlds apart, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, you, you've got to agree. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's gone straight from Gone in sixty seconds to Thor: Dark World. <laughs> I was in that. You know, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, who else have we got on the list? So, yeah, Jared Leto. I know we'll come to him a little bit, but he's a serial offender, isn't he? Um, he's had two cracks at the whip of being the Joker. Did he redeem himself in Zack Snyder's Justice League, Stu? Well, I mean, it's, what, five minutes? Uh... I mean, that's probably more screen time than he had throughout the whole of Suicide Squad. Yeah, fair. I didn't mind it. I just... I, I... That whole se- dream sequence didn't really have any reason being there. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't bad when he was in, during that part, but yeah, that's that's the best he's got in a kind of semi bootleg outtake. It kind of says it all. Mm, it really does. Ash, what were your thoughts on the Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League? <sighs> it's. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, really, because like he's only there for what would say five minutes or so, and you're what? How far into that film at that point? Yeah, the fatigue's got to you that, at that point. You're just like, oh my god, what? Why now? Why now? At this point, mm. <laughs> he wasn't as bad as Suicide Squad, but that's not hard because <laughs> that was appalling. Mm, no. I'm not a huge fan of either version of the Joker that in either film. Sorry, um, they seem to put him in the Justice League purely to have him make a joke about sucking Batman's dick. I'm like, really? Is that the level we're at? And then I remember it's Zack Snyder, so yeah, that is the level we're at. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolute stinker that one. While we, as I say, while we're on on the Suicide Squad, can we just say? Wally, when he listens to this and he's got to hang, hold his head up high after he realises the mistake and error of his ways and Goldie's take that The Suicide Squad is no different from the first film. It, it couldn't be more different and, from the first film. <laughs> yeah. It's a waste of time having Harley in the film. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to watch um, Peacemaker. Because he didn't like the Suicide Squad. Yes. Oh. The first one, he liked. And you, apparently mm. the second one is just meh. So, Goldie, you are very wrong again. That's an awful take. Mm. And Peacemaker is arguably the best thing that the DCEU have done in the last... I mean, even including all the Arrowverse stuff, Like I think Peacemaker is the tippy-top of what they've given us. It's excellent. 
have you seen for going back to Sophie Turner? Have you seen the rumors that she's been seen out and about with her dyed red hair again while there's been reshoots for Doctor Strange? Oh, dear me. <laughs> well, they so can't have I. two redheads in the film. That will confuse the casual audience. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's just um, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, this podcast will be going out a few days before um, Multiverse of Madness hits. Stu, you're obviously very much looking forward to it. Is it a day one watch for you? Probably, yeah. I was, I was just... Checking the old uh, calendar, see if, but no, nah. it'll, it'll be day one or two. Let's put it that way. It'll be phone on airplane for a couple of days if I don't watch it day one. Um, but yeah, everyone following the Twitter accounts, I do not tweet on that thing ever. So it's all him. <laughs> Just get it out there before we all we all know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to hate it anyway, even if it's the best film of all time. So there we are. I won't. If it's a good film, I will give it its due. But the problem is, <laughs> generally speaking, they're not. Ash, I take it you'll be dragged opening weekend to see Doctor Strange. Uh, opening day, it, the tickets have been booked. We'll be there kicking and screaming and cheering, I'm sure. With all oh, the rest of them. The worst thing about Marvel films is eerie. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I will see it at some point because I, I'm so far into it. It's the <laughs> sunken cost fallacy at this point. Like, I know I should just cut my losses with it and move on. <laughs> but I've invested too much time into it, so I just have to keep carrying on in the hopes that it, it catches me again. And we'll see. I mean, I, I haven't really been a massive fan of Cumberbatch as Strange. I, I think he's a bit stilted even by Cumberbatch's standards um watch this space I suppose we'll probably do another get together at some point to discuss it once we've uh, we've all had a chance to, to have a nosy uh so the so bad they're good I want to know the top three so bad they're good comic book movies uh my three in no particular order Punisher Warzone I think it's a really fun film but it's not a good movie um, but it's just a great, fun, absolute off-the-wall, mad bollocks movie. And I would say anyone should watch it, because it's probably the closest thing to reading Punisher Warzone, the, the comic book. It's mad, off-the-wall, brilliant. So yeah, that one. Superman 3. Now, Superman 3 isn't a good film either, but you get Richard Pryor, which I'm always happy with. You get him fighting that weird robot woman at the end of the movie, <laughs> which still haunts my dreams to this day. And also you get the scene where he fights the dark version of himself, the bizarro version almost. Um, And I don't know why, but I always loved that scene. And even to this day, I think it still looks really good for a film that was done in 83, I believe it was. So 39 years ago. Um, So yeah, those are my three. Oh, sorry, those are two. So the third one is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I'd said when Stu was bad-mouthing it incorrectly earlier this year, <laughs> I will not stand for the slander. It was a great, fun rom-com of a movie. It wasn't the film it was purported to be. It was something completely different, and I, I loved it for what it was. It's too short. Uh, no, 90, 90 minutes to 100 minutes, that's all you need. It doesn't need to drag on for two hours 30 or whatever Spider-Man was, or 
Is it an hour and 15 for Strange? It's too long. Mm. Stu, so bad they're good. Come on. Ghost Rider. We all enjoyed ourselves. I, I enjoyed the sequel more than the first one, I will say, because that was the guys from Crank who did that, and I fucking love those boys. Yeah, Ghost Rider, I mean, before we reviewed it, I, I liked Ghost Rider anyway. I mean, it was just, it was just mad. Um, it continues to still be mad, and it did, didn't disappoint me, did it? So, um, mm. The other one I already mentioned in passing, Batman and Robin, for how utterly ridiculous it is. No, yeah. time, no time has, has passed. I mean, I remember coming out again, walking out, thinking, it's over. We're not going to get another one now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was at the Lighthouse as well. Our friends at the Lighthouse in Wolverhampton, we, um, I watched that there, of all places. And, um, yeah, I was, I, was so, I was so down on that film for so long. But then I watched it about five or six years ago again with a, with a kind of, this is a comedy. In my mind, and you watch it like that, and it's brilliant. It's, I mean, it, there's not one serious performance. I mean, it's just Silverstone's performance in that is, I mean, that could have been on on worse performances on its own. I mean, a lot of people in this film could be on worse performances, mm. really, but if you take it as a comedy, which it wasn't intended to be, it's a work of art. <laughs> it, again, it's a complete different film to what. I think people expected it to be, isn't it? Yeah. It's Batman 66 when they were expecting the next step of like a Tim Burton style movie. And yeah, it just wasn't the same thing at that point. No. And the other one's going to be, I don't know. I didn't think about putting it even in here because it's going to just going to roll you up. And it's the Michael Bay Turtles film. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I, I, Actually, don't mind them. I don't think they're anywhere near as bad as what was made out. No, I don't. I don't. I quite like Michael Bay anyway. It's, it's fun explosion nonsense. That's exactly what it is. Um, as will be proved with in ambulance when I go and watch that next week. Uh, to, on the day <laughs> this is, this comes out. Um, yeah, I liked. I've always liked Turtles. It was Turtles. It was more Turtles again in a kind of different way. And I, I don't mind what they did with it either. So, and I've seen it two or three times already since it's been out. So, yeah, it's one of them. Uh, it's like Transformers. I know they're owned. Actually, uh, well, apart from the first one, I know they're actually shit, but I like them, so I don't care. <laughs> um, like yeah, the first one's good, but yeah, uh, no, that, that, there's there's nothing redeeming for me for those ones, unfortunately. But we'll get on to that in a minute, Ash. What's your list, please? Uh, this is going to be short and sweet because I've got Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Primarily for Arnie because you can't beat Arnie in that film. He's fantastic. Mm. But I've got Blade Trinity as well. I had so much fun watching that awful movie. Adding yeah. Ryan Reynolds and Triple H into that film just made it <laughs> fun. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it, and it's is Trinity the one with Dominic Purcell from um, Prison Break as well. That he plays the main bad in it, doesn't he? If I remember correctly. Yeah, he's Dracula. Dracula is he Dracula? Or yeah, I think the so. original vampire. Yeah, I, I I quite enjoyed it, even though everyone absolutely shat on it. But I was looking at some Rotten Tomato scores, and the first 
Blade was like quite panned by the critics, which surprised me because that's quite well respected now. Mm. Mm. Obviously, you've both picked up on Ghost Rider with our main man, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I, I was looking at that one, but specifically for the sequel, because the sequel was proper B-movie fodder, which is sort of what you want from a comic book movie. It doesn't need to take itself too seriously. And that's exactly what it didn't do. It just it knew that it was silly bollocks, and that's what it gave us. Perfect. Uh, Batman and Robin, though, you've both pointed out. I think I would have gone with Batman Forever myself. I think Batman Forever is a better film that is still quite, not quite to the same level, but it's still pretty much panned. But I think Jim Carrey in that film is fantastic. And I'm kind of glad that we've had the Robotnik to see the evolution of Jim Carrey's Redler a little bit. So, yeah, I, I do love that movie. Have either of you seen Sonic 2 yet? Not yet. That's I'm the plan. Oh, you need to see it. It's beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah, the way things are worked out, just haven't had a chance to get there yet. So, I'm... Yeah, we've, we've had moving the Newcastle game to Friday night on Saturday afternoon. So I know, I know that's kind of tempting it with prime kitty time and they're going to... But who really cares? They, they can't mess up Sonic for me. So I've heard good things, so I'm very much looking forward to it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the other film you mentioned, Stu, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. So it was Michael Bay produced, but thankfully he didn't direct, which is why I think I don't hate it so much. Um, it was Joel Liebesman, uh, sorry, Jonathan Liebesman, um, who we will know from a few other films. And they're all sort of loud, mad bollocks. So he's done the Halo TV series. Um, but he's also done, like, Wrath of Titans, Battle Los Angeles. Like, he's done big, silly nonsense. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Like, he's, he knows how to do madness. And I think he brought that to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's not a good film, like, especially when you compare it to the original run. But I don't hate it at all. Um, I, I do genuinely quite like it. And even the sequel, but that might just be because... Um, Stephen Amell's in it, and yeah. that man can do no wrong. Right, okay, so what I thought we'd do with the podcast, we'll go for the sandwich format. We'll start with talking about some bad stuff. Then we'll have the meat, which will be something good, and then we'll end talking about some bad stuff. So the good, then, is Matt Reeves has shown us a deleted scene from The Batman recently. Um, this would be the scene in the interrogation room where the Batman is talking to Barry Keegan's The Joker. Um, what are your thoughts on the clip? Did you like it? What did you think of Barry Keegan's Joker, the look of him, the way he acted? And ultimately, were they right to cut that scene out of the film or should they have left it in? Stu? I thought it was superbly acted. <laughs> you, I don't think you can say anything bad about the performance. Um, it was superb like the rest of the film was it's the only problem I had is straight away was oh okay this is uh, someone brought this up a, f a couple of months ago about how it was another film with a bad guy who's disfigured and he's that he's trigger and it's all ableist and all this kind of bollocks mm -hmm. it's the Joker he's got scars we all know this it seemed a bit too much for me I know they've got to differentiate it with the others and everything like that, but okay, fair enough. We 
his his face looks horrific. He's obviously quite tapped in the head. Um, but it worked. It worked for his performance. Was it? Did it have to be in the film? Absolutely not. And I completely understand why it was cut out. I said when we talked about um, the Batman that I didn't like the fact that he was even there in silhouette laughing mm. and that it was a waste of time. It's just because the Joker doesn't have to be in every single thing all the time, over and over again. Performance, can't fault. Is it relevant? No. And I'm glad it was cut out, but the fact that it's now out there, does this mean, oh, does this count now? Is this going to be included in the next one? Who knows? But we all know that he's been cast, so mm. it's kind of why put this out now if it's not going to be canon? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm. Um, I think as well, Matt Reeves has confirmed that it is definitely Joker rather than just another Arkham inmate who could be somebody else. They have confirmed his uh, his character. Um, I do agree with pretty much everything you've said, to be perfectly honest. I'm glad we got to see it, but I am glad it's deleted. And I hope they don't do a director's cut and put it back in there, because it feels completely unnecessary to the story. I was fine with them having that little addendum at the end of the movie, because when I read comic books, they often have an aftermath where they'll just have a little conversation or something showing what's about to happen in the future or what could happen. So it did, it rang true to like what I've read in the comic book. So that, that was fine. I was okay with that. Um, but I, no more for me. I was happy with what they gave us. I'm happy to have seen what could have been in the film, but I'm very much glad it wasn't. And for me, it's not canon because it's a deleted scene. So it didn't happen off screen. It just didn't happen. I've said before, if it doesn't happen on screen, it doesn't happen. So that that's my the way I'm approaching it anyway. Ash, what do you think? I think if you if you put that scene in where I think it's going in, to at least the casual audience, how much is that going to destroy the Riddler? How far back is he going to end up being? He may as well just go and put himself at the uh, on the post at Goodison Park. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, everyone's automatically gonna just go. Well, we don't care about the Riddler now. We've got the Joker here. Even if he doesn't, even though he wouldn't appear again, it'd be on everyone's minds at that point. That's just the way it goes. It, it, seemingly, for most Batman films for the past couple of decades, it always leads to Joker at this point. Very good point. It would have, it'd have cut the character off at his knees, wouldn't it? Yeah. And he didn't do the. Your Riddler did not deserve that because he did well mm-hmm. and he made it his own and it would have just gone, nah. So. Is there something of people trying too hard to be Heath Ledger's Joker? Stu, what do you think? I mean, Jared Leto tried to be him and not be him at the same time. And, of course, we are leaning very heavily into the facial scars and everything. And I know Joker does have the, the, the Mortis grin, but it, it does feel like it's the next step in the the Heath Ledger of, of it all. Um, well, there's only so many ways you can play the same character, really, ever. And you had Jack Nicholson doing it his way. You've got Mark Hamill going 
the mental way of being happy joker kind of <sighs> Heath Ledger was dark anyway and you ain't gonna have anything other than a, a dark grimy villain in this universe are you so mm. I don't think they, they've got much range to change it more than what Heath Ledger already put in before so I I don't blame him for doing what he did um it just seems the logical step in that world. It just so happens that we've already seen it not that long ago. Mm, that's that's fair. I mean, actually, it's, it's big shoes to fill, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, anyone who takes on the Joker live action, they're always going to end up being compared to, to Heath Ledger, surely. They always will. It's it's a poison chalice at this point now. It, it'd be, how do you compare to him? It's the Sir Alex Ferguson effect, isn't it? Really? Mm, yeah. It you'll never, you'll never, you'll never fill his shoes at this point, or it'll take a fantastic job to do it. Mm. Which is why she should possibly not be in the next film. Possibly at the end, maybe breaking out, keep him away for a little bit longer, make people want him a bit more. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. There's been rumours apparently that the next film will include a Robin as well. I'm not sure how I feel about that because I do feel like Robin needs to be a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy or, or girl if they wanted to do a gender swap because there have been female versions of Robin throughout the history of the character. Um, I'm not sure because we've had Hit Girl, so I don't know if I want to see another kid superhero because we've already had the best one possible. So, I don't know. Stu, would you want Robin in the future? No, I want Nightwing for a change. I suppose. I mean, they could jump straight to a Nightwing and have like uh, Dick Grayson grown up. Yeah. Mm. You, they've already messed around with the the law anyway, so they do what they want. He could he could have been raised somewhere else, and he he could be yeah he could have been raised by someone else, and it'd just be another another vigilante in that world, and then come together that way, do it that mm. way round. I don't know. Um, there's no. To say you have to do the same thing over and over again. You, I, I, I said when we talked about it before, it reminded me a lot of the, the Telltale games in how they kind of mix things up a bit more than you ex- normally expect to see. So that's where I, I'd rather have that than Robin again. Mm. It's the thing, isn't it? I mean, Ash, um, Batman and Robin was on your list of, of infamy almost. <laughs> so, um, did that film sort of ruin any future for the Robin character, do you think? I don't think so, because cause, um, what was his name in Dark Knight Rises? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, he sort of, the way, they, the way they sort of played that around, that caught gave me hope that they could do another Robin. Mm. He's been mildly redeemed for me. So I think if they went down a sort of route like that, I think they'd be all right, to be honest, because he was an orphan as well, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think there is hope. To be honest, remains to be seen. Okay, right. So let's move on, and we'll do some of the Disney Plus Marvel stuff. Um, we've had two episodes of Moon Knight dropped with our second favourite boy, Oscar Isaac. Very quick review, Stu. Good, bad, indifferent. I'm liking it so far. It's it's, it's different enough. For me, from everything else um, that they've done, I know that we kind of lean into the mystical quite a bit now. Um, 
with that's a Doctor Strange and Loki and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd, I like the first episode better than the second. I'll put that out there. But I, I'm just because it's different doesn't mean you have to, everyone has to hate it straight away. If it was exactly the same, people would still hate it at this point. <laughs> so, um, and his accent, I don't know why his British accent is yeah. almost identical to someone I know who has lived here his whole life. So it's <laughs> it's not as bad as people have said. Um, it's just weird. But it's, you can kind of understand why it would be weird if it goes the way I think it's going to go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's not the best thing that they've ever done. And it's nowhere near the worst either. It's perfectly fine. Ash, what are your very early thoughts? <laughs> Um, um, it's hard to say, really, bruv. In it, bruv. <laughs> when he punches that thing and goes wagwan, I, <laughs> oh, my head was in my hands. Like, what is happening here? He's a roadman. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, Oscar Isaac's fine. Like, we all know Oscar Isaac's a fantastic actor. Um, I just, I'm struggling to care. Like. Why do we root for Stephen? He's a jobber. He, mm. he just at the moment, for, say we're only two episodes in, but for me, he's just a, he's a loser, and he's I, I'm finding it really hard to care about him. Like he's him and this fish. Like <laughs> I don't care about the fish. I don't care about the fish. Uh, um, compared to others, though, I have it ranked. I don't. I I have it. Just above One Division and What If, but it's firmly below Hawkeye, then Loki and what Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm. Probably close to Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, I'm just struggling. I think it might be a little bit of MCU fatigue at the moment, but it's just like it comes so thick and fast, and they're all bright character, bright colors, and bright costumes, mm. and it's just hard. It's yeah. I think my problem with, from what I've seen so far from Moon, other than the absolutely abysmal CGI, I mean, they have got oh. Disney dollars behind them. There is no excuse for it to look that ugly. It is terrible. I, uh, think, but, I would say this is, this seems to be a thing. Is I don't know if it's anything to do with me. I think it's just pandemic performance because look at the state of the stuff in No Way Home as well. Yeah, it, that was bad. And... And a fun fact, I heard an interview with Oscar Isaac about this um, series on Radio 1, and they didn't film anything in London at all. Oh, wow, okay. That that genuinely shocks me. So uh, if that was like the, um, I don't know if it was using the Mandalorian stage to get mm. around it or do it that way, I don't know. Um, but I couldn't believe that either. Um, but he, he seemed to know... He seemed to know quite a lot of the. I mean, he didn't say Wagwan, but other than <laughs> that, so maybe they were saving it. Um, but all the bruv and the in it and all that kind of stuff, which is how James does speak. <laughs> to be fair, he, he was he's a London boy by birth. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to know all the, the vernacular and everything. So they've obviously got some kind of consultant on it. But yeah, I was, I was amazed by that. Mm. Oh yeah, that is quite shocking. Uh, but yeah, my, my problem with it is just being that, and this is probably the same for most of the Marvel TV shows we've had, 
they should just be films. Like they've dragged it out to ninety minutes already. Nothing's happened in half an hour. That could have been wrapped up in a film. They could have told us who the character is, why we should care about him, give us the final bad guy fight like they always do, and then set up the next film. But instead, they're going to drag it out for six to ten weeks and try and you know feed us the tiniest amount week on week without really moving the storyline on. And as, as Ash has said. It makes it really hard to care when there's just no real plot progression. And I don't feel like I know anything about any of the characters after 90 minutes worth of TV. It's just a bit empty. It's a bit worthless. And I kind of felt that with um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I enjoyed the first episode. I thought that was, was decent. But that quickly devolved into nothing happening week on week. And I it is that fatigue is setting in, especially with the TV shows, because there's just too many of them. And at least with Hawkeye, I felt that Hawkeye was a fairly consistent show. It might probably wasn't like it didn't have the biggest peaks, but it didn't have any troughs either. It was just like a solid three and a half to four stars each week. It was a decent show. I enjoyed that. Stu, where does um? Where will you think that Moon, Moon Knight's going to fit in the pantheon of Disney? I've got it fourth at six at the minute. Mm. Um, just It's just too early to say. I mean, it, I've got Hawkeye as undisputed number one. Yeah. No question there. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I seem to enjoy more than most people. I've got that second. Um, Loki third, then Moon Knight. That I think that has got potential to change around a bit. Um, and then what if, even though there was some, there were some good episodes, some quite shocking mm. ones like the uh, the Hayley Atwell one, and then obviously One Division, rock fucking bottom where it deserves to be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think... didn't even finish What If, and that is still above One Division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and I know this this does seem to be a kind of a very Divisive thing between us and our American friends where they rate One Division massively. Mm. Maybe it is that kind of because it was what they grew up on and it, it make it they've got more to reminisce about with the, that the first two episodes especially, but who knows? It was shit. Um, it's staying there at the bottom. So yeah, I think at the minute Moon Knight is I think it says a lot where I didn't instantly get home and watch it straight away like mm. I did with Hawkeye. Hawkeye was, as soon as I finished work, straight at home, straight away. First thing I'd do. Um, yeah. Again, same with Mandalorian. First thing, home, watch it. With Boba Fett, that didn't happen. It was the next day or whatever during the, during the next few days. So it's... It's one of them. It's all right. It's an hour a week. It, it doesn't offend me. <laughs> it, keep, it keeps you going a bit. But yeah, it's. I don't think they should try something different with. I don't know, have it as. Like the Jimmy Savile documentary. That's two hour and a half episodes. Mm. So three hours altogether with a natural split in the middle. Maybe why the, just do that? Like an event series of two or three episodes rather than That's six. Like, yeah. 
they can do whatever they want. It's, a, yeah. it's their, their streaming platform. So They own the format, don't they? So, yeah, why wouldn't they try something fresh? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them do something like that, like three hour and a half episodes, like like Sherlock. Mm. I'd be all up for that, to be honest. That would be so much more interesting than waiting each week for something I don't care enough about to, to immediately jump onto. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. And and as well with Hawkeye, I mean, you, I've said many times on here that Jerry Mer- Jeremy Renner can fuck off. I, I didn't start watching that until the, I think it was the fifth week of the show. And I played through four episodes in one night because once I started, I was like, actually, this is really good. And it probably wasn't because of Jeremy Renner. I think it was more to do with the, the rest of the cast and it were all excellent. But yeah, I, that. That is comfortably the, the number one Marvel TV show so far for me. Obviously, we've got a few more TV series coming up. Um, next up is Ms. Marvel, which we have had a trailer for. Stu, have you seen the trailer yet? Obviously not. It looks proper shonky. Ma- uh, Ash, sorry, you've seen it, yeah? I actually haven't. No, I've I've kept away from that one because I played the game. I played the game not recently, and obviously Miss Marvel is the main character of uh, the Avengers game. So I was I've kind of had my fix of Miss Marvel recently. So, <laughs> so you've had enough of it before it's even yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it it looks really really shonky. But then, as we've already discussed, a lot of the CGI lately has looked less than good. Uh, she Hawk's coming up. Um, I haven't really seen much of that other than a still from it. Ash, are you looking forward to She-Hulk? I am a little bit, because isn't that going to be Bruce Banner potentially bowing out there? Uh, allegedly, yes. They, they yeah. believe it may. He's I think up. that could be the tag. Like, that could be the big pull then, really, is get a bit more of um, Bruce Banner before he goes. Yeah, uh, Stu, in She-Hulk, we're getting Tim Roth returning as well. Um, I feel like we, we never really got to know Abomination, and he could have been a much more interesting character. But then again, we can say that about every Marvel villain, almost every Marvel villain that's ever been. You'd be looking forward to seeing Tim Roth return, surely? Yeah. I mean, when I did my rewatch over um, over lockdown, when I watched them, watched them all within the space of three months, I forgot how good he actually was. Because it was such a long time ago. Um, and I'd never done it with all of them back to back to back like that. And yes, I'd have him back now after, what, 12, 13 years it'll be, I think, by the time it comes out. Mm. Yeah, well, for, I liked him, Roth. Anyway, he seems a, rel- well, he's a decent, he seems a relatively normal bloke as well for a, <laughs> for someone like that. So, yeah, bring it on. That one's That one's more intriguing than any of the others. Um, mm. Just for the fact that how are they going to approach this one? With yeah. it being so CG heavy, and are they just going to cap it off and have it, it, it like the opening scene of Falcon and Winter Soldier and have it? Oh, that's that's your lot now for the next six weeks. <laughs> um, are they going to play the money into this one? Who knows? Um, but yeah, interesting. Mm. Uh, I looking forward to it just because Jamila Jamil's in it and I was a big fan of The Good Place and her um, Tahini character I thought was wonderful so I'm really looking forward to that. Ten episodes so I'm guessing that might be ten half an hour rather than 45 minutes 
Um, especially because they'll likely be, as you say, quite CG heavy because they're going to have to CG the Hulk as well as She-Hulk and then probably Abomination. So there's going to be a lot going on there, I imagine. Uh, Secret Invasion is coming along at some point later this year. We don't know much about it other than Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn, Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark are all going to start. It's a good cast, if nothing else, wouldn't you say, Ash? Mm, that's not bad at all. That one's filming over here, though, isn't it? I believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've seen pictures of Samuel Jackson being spotted. Was it in Leeds, was it? I can't remember where they said. Mm. Uh, Stu, they believe that Samuel L. Jackson may be bearing out of the MCU following um, Secret Invasion. He's been a good servant, I suppose, to the, the MCU, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's... I mean, I'm amazed he's still involved, to be honest, mm. after all this time. I mean, I think there was a natural, there's been quite a few natural ends for him to leave, and he still comes back for more. Yeah, <laughs> he true. extends his contract as another three films and then waddles off into the distance and then comes back again. But yeah, I think, you look at the age of these people now that it's kind of time to just move it on a bit. I mean, we can always replace him with David Asseloff anyway. We've done it before. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. Should they have ended him at the, at the end of um, Endgame? The, at the funeral? Yeah, uh, there's quite a few characters that could have offed at the end of Endgame, to be honest. But that, that would have been a good jumping off point and then have a complete fresh start down the line. He should have just given the uh, badge and the gun or whatever to uh, Kobe Smulders at that point. Mm, that, that would have made more sense, wouldn't it? Uh, the last one I will mention, uh, there are a few others, but um, X-Men 97. I don't think it's technically MCU, but that's the next big thing that I'm, I'm probably more excited for that than I am anything else that's coming out from the, the Marvel-Disney merger since. I love the original series, and that theme tune absolutely slaps. It has so, to be the theme. If they haven't got the theme, then it's all over. Oh, yeah, Binny, if you ain't doing that theme, then it's just not worth the effort, is it? I think they've even got back some of the original cast for it as well, which is fantastic. It's exactly what you want. I cannot wait to see that get picked up. Stu, surely you've seen the original uh, X-Men yeah. animated show. It's class, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, well, now, now everything's canon, now, so <laughs> everything counts in its own little oh, way, yeah. Um, yeah. especially with all the... I mean, we even talked about the Marvel Netflix stuff, which now counts as well, um, again. Which, if it, it does count, then where do we put things like Daredevil? Because that's got to be second or third on the list. Mm, yeah, good point. I'm sure I've heard a rumour that the, the Daredevil they'll be bringing into the MCU will be... Um, through, via the TV series again, so they won't be giving him a movie, they'll be giving him a fourth season of his TV show. I think I'd rather have a film, to be honest, at this point. It Well, it depends if they're all back, because they do work well together. And I, to honest, I never watched, I, I gave up after season two of Daredevil. You know, the, the, the surrounding, the supporting cast in... Daredevil works a lot better. I don't think that would work on as a film. You'd have mm. to kind of change things up a bit just because of how it's paced. Um, so I, I don't know. You know. I think it it doesn't say more more. Well, it doesn't say as much about him than 
it seems on the surface. It, it just, I don't think we need another street level vigilante movie where yeah. it suits Telly better. Ash, you've seen the Jessica Jones, Luke Cage of it all. Would you have any interest in seeing more of them? I'm currently re-watching the Daredevil slash Defenders era. But it's hard, really, because Iron Fist was an abomination. <laughs> so boring. Um, Daredevil... I think Charlie Cox deserves a proper go, because they, tease, they teased it in... Obviously, Spider Man, and that got a big pop in the cinemas mm. for just for just what a hand movement near enough. Um, I think he's got traction to get his own, and and as you said before, I like the supporting cast. Foggy's fantastic, lovable loser, um, mm. and I'd love to see a bit more of Fisk. Um, I don't think he got. Well, I think he got short sold a little bit in Hawkeye. I think he deserves a bit more. Mm. Um, Jessica Jones. It's a hard one, really. It's a bit of Doctor Who bias, but that died off as soon as David Tennant got taken out of the, out of the picture. Um, Luke Cage could be a good one, but we we have. It sounds harsh, but we have Black Panther now, so it's mm. it, we have that sort of stereotype, don't we? So I think a few of them could come in. There's a rumbling going around that Shang, uh, Shang-Chi could introduce Iron Fist, so that could work quite nicely, because I think they're kind of linked they're li- linked in a way, aren't they? Yeah, mm, yeah that, that's true. Right, I, I think we're going to have to talk about Jared Leto and Morbius now. Um, is Jared Leto the worst A-list actor going? <laughs> like, seriously, he, he's a a bona fide star. He has his own cult that follows him. Is he deserving of any of the plaudits that have sort of got him to the point? Because for the last few years, we've had the his awful Joker bollocks. <laughs> we had um, Blade Runner 2049, which was a decent film, but he didn't really go above and beyond for me. We also had his, hey, I'm Jared Leto, Italian. That bollocks from Gucci. Like Razzy awful, winner. Awful. Razzy winning performance, huh? It was a shocker. Absolute dirt worst. And now we've got him as Michael Morbius. Stu, like, seriously, are there many A-list actors as bad as Jared Leto? I don't understand how he even is an A-list actor. I think, well... He's probably one of the prettiest men I've ever seen in my entire life. That, that definitely helps him, doesn't it? If if he looked like me, would he be an A-list actor? No, he'd be A-plus, a obviously. But that's that's besides the point. He's... It's almost like... I mean, I... You look at him and you can't help but look at him because of what he looks like. And it obviously helps massively, the fact that he's not, like... Melted on, melted like the um, the guy in, it was in ER at the end of Robocop, but he can't act. He can't act. So how can he be an actor? It doesn't actually. make any sense. He he's he's got no real emotion in his face anyway. It's all well and good standing up there and looking nice, but 
he can't act. I don't understand how he's in these films and how he's got where he has got to. It doesn't make any sense. I think he managed to fool us all with Dallas Buyers Club. Like, he put in one good performance and all of a sudden people, like, properly buy into him. But was he playing himself, though? Because this is what I, I was talking about this the other day. Is he playing an exaggerated version of his own personality in that film? Because every other thing that he's done is the same. It's just like tabletop. It, it could be, to be fair. It's quite an effeminate character that he's playing, and it is just sort of Jared Leto up to 11, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which probably helps him somewhat. Um, Ash, have you got any redeeming things to say for Jared Leto as an actor? I enjoyed watching him get his head caved in in um, American Psycho. That was <laughs> <laughs> quite enjoyable, but I've got nothing. Oh, he's awful. He's terrible. They say he's a ra- he, he won the Razzie for um, House of Gucci. That was appalling. That was a decent film, and then he appeared. It was just I don't I don't get him. I don't no. I, just, I just don't understand it. Like I don't listen to his music, so I don't understand what you get from that either. No. It absolutely stinks. Obviously, the other guy in the film who we all do genuinely love. I mean, actually, there's two that we've spoke about quite highly on this podcast before. We've got Matt Smith and we've got another Jared. We've got Jared Harris, who we, we do genuinely really like. But I don't think either of those really put in a particularly stellar performance either. I think it was more that they were the best in a very bad thing. Stu, speak to me about Jared Harris, because we like him. We've spoke about him before, obviously, in um, Chernobyl. He was fantastic in that series. Yeah. And he's in... Um, oh, bollocks. <laughs> What's he got off the top? I just started watching it, and I talked to it the other week. Foundation. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good in that as well. Um, I just think he, he hasn't got much to work with, has he? I don't think there's... there's a lot of this is his fault in this case. It, it's just he's doing his usual shtick with it. I think I, think Matt, I thought Matt Smith seemed to be having a while of a time when he's when he's all um, bloodied up after all the when he's all decrepit and uh, all falling apart. Okay, fair enough. But when he's going over the top, I thought he's having a while of a time. <laughs> And that, he was probably the best part of the film for me, mm. easily. And we had, I think it's, it's harsh to judge them on what they were given to work with, but you've still got to do something with that. And I think he, he kind of did. He did okay. He was fine. But Jared Leto did not. Mm. And I think he, he, he stands out like a sore thumb so, so much for being so awful. That he kind of heightens the others by proxy in a, in a kind of backwards way. Yeah, yeah, that, that is very true. Like his his negative score puts everyone else up a point. Ash, Matt Smith, what did you think? I think they literally just they sat him down, put an episode, a random episode of his Doctor Doctor Who tenure, and said this, but with crack. <laughs> Literally, that scene when he's getting changed and he's dancing—that's fantastic. That's some beautiful artistry, if you want to call it that. 
but say when you're comparing it to Jared Leto, it, it, it may as well be gone with the wind. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's all. Um, another thing that annoyed me was they they made Roman from um, Fast and Furious boring. Yeah, like how do you do that? Tyrese Gibson is is for however many films proven he's comedic, just brilliant. And then they just went, yeah, just play dead ass, boring cop. And it's just like, what are you even doing here? What's happening? It yeah, felt no. like everyone was there purely for the money and no, no other reason. Like they didn't give a shit about the audience watching it. They just wanted to get paid. Yeah, that whole that whole buddy cop thing just didn't work at all, did it? You can see what exactly what they were trying to do. But there was no chemistry whatsoever. No, none at all. I mean, I'd argue there was no chemistry between anybody at all throughout the whole film. Everyone <laughs> felt like they were acting on an island, like they were all separate to whoever else they were on screen with, because there was no there was no friction between the characters or anything. They just spoke their lines and, and did whatever the the director told them to. The director they... Daniel Espinosa. Um, not someone I'm familiar with. No, never heard of him before. And if this is what he's got to work with, doesn't uh, stand him in good stead, does it? Even looking at his IMDb page, he did Life, which I think is that Chris. Oh, Pratt. that's that's really good. That is. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Rebecca Ferguson. It's not the one I'm thinking it was. It's the one. Um, it's the space one. Yeah. But like, well, the, it like Venom origin story. <laughs> oh right, okay. Child 44, everything is coming in with like a 6.5-ish, like very middling. And then he's done Morbius, which is currently on a 5.2 on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't uh, fill you with hope, does it? Um, we'll talk about something spoilery now. Um, I say spoilery, but it's not really because it was in the fucking trailer. What's going on with Michael Keaton in this movie? Why show us in the trailer that Michael Keaton's um, vulture is going to be in this movie and then not put him in the movie until the post credit scenes? What was all that about? To sell tickets. Is that all it was? I think so. I think it was just to try and get people to come in because they think, oh, there's going to be a multiverse reference and they're going to team up or whatever. I think I think that's all that it, it could have been. To, to blatantly just bait and switch us until the end and go, ha, look, here he is. It's like, why put him in the trailer then? It's ridiculous. Mm. I, and I do wonder if this has kind of added to the hatred of this film. I mean, he doesn't deserve to be a, a score that bad. It's not that bad a film to have a, a, that score on <laughs> on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the Michael Keaton stuff at all. Of course you wouldn't have seen the trailer, would you? No. So and so seeing that afterwards, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I then when you said it was in the trailer, I went, what? Mm. And I looked and, and the first thing that Tara said to me after friend of the show, um, was that hey, was my boy? I went, well, he was in the post credit scene. What do you mean? <laughs> I I really, I mean, I'd completely forgot that he was in the film until it happened even though he was like a fairly large part of the tra- of the the hype within the trailers and it doesn't make any sense so we know like moving on 
Sorry, Ash, what are you going to say, mate? Haven't they cut? They cut out the poster in the background as well with Spider Man, the Spider Man poster with the murderer graffitied over it as well. I'm pretty sure because that was in the trailer or the stills. Again, that was a big hype thing about the first. The first image we had from Morbius was him stood in front of a um, Tom Holland Spider Man murderer poster, following um, the Jake Gyllenhaal Mysterio mm. stuff, wasn't it? Mm. Which begs the question then, what universe, What is this universe actually going to be? Is this going to be Spider Maguire, Spider Garfield or Spider Holland? Like, I don't know where we are and I don't know if I care. Like, that, I think that's the biggest crime of this film is it's kind of sewered me on everything that's going to possibly happen for, for Sony. Other than Spider-Verse because that's going to be fucking amazing again. Stu, where do you think we're going next? <sighs> to hell, probably this. I was trying to think afterwards. I mean, I, it was so bad, I had to go and have a point after. And it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, had to, I went to Sainsbury's to buy stuff first and then went to the pub. Then they had no gas, so I, I had to just drink bottles. And so I had a lot of time to think about think about what I'd, I'd done to myself again on a random Thursday, and none of it makes any sense. I mean, obviously it, it might make sense in a, a week's time when we've seen Ultimate Madness. Why, if this is linked to something else, how certain characters have been, if some can go come to our world, air quotes, then others can go to other worlds. Who the fuck knows? Tell me why me stuff again, mm. um, but I, I just don't see why this will ever be picked up again after it after it's been so universally panned and hated. And they've done stuff like this before, where in post credit scenes that have not gone anywhere, and they've just been like a mm. bit of fan service there, and they've abandoned it and never mentioned it again. It might be something to do with that, and we don't see Vulture ever again. Or he just comes back in through a through a portal and oh that was an adventure or something like that or like a little nudge nudge wink wink kind of well that was a mistake. That's where I could see this going because it's been such a, a had a bad rap and we haven't even talked about the effects and the CG in this. I yeah. mean, some of the I mean the first time they did the the bullet time kind of jump cut thing when. Is this like 1999? Is this 2000 again? <laughs> what the hell is this? And then it, it kind of it slows and then speeds up again. And it, and but when it speeds up, it looks worse than it did before. Mm. Think, what, are, what are you doing? Where, how is? I know it's pandemic years and whatever. And we know that CG is going to kind of on its ass for the last 18 months or whatever. But this was there was no excuse. It was I'll, I'll put in the group chat after. It, it makes the Scorpion King look good. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand the Death Eaters. They look like Death Eaters diving around. And that was 2012 in a kid's movie. And this different ones, like when he's when he's wearing his prison gears, just an orange blur just driving around the screen. It's ridiculous. It was a very ugly film to watch, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, it was... Like, like I say, like I know we've been through a pandemic and things aren't going to be seamless. But come the fuck on. It did look better in '99 when the Matrix did it. Like it was infinitely better twenty something years ago. It just was abysmal. 
So I've got to ask you then, right, Morbius, does it crack the top three worst superhero comic book movies that you've watched? Shu? For all it, how bad it is on, by modern terms, I think the three that I mentioned are still infinitely worse than this. Um, this is like the lowest. It can't get any worse than this now. This is the lowest of the low of this now interlinked multiverse universe, whatever. It doesn't count as MCU, thank God, because nothing can beat taking my Eternals away from being the worst thing that they've made <laughs> in-house. Um, but if it did... This has got every chance because it was a fucking joke. That, that's completely fair. Ash, are you sticking with the three that you originally chose? Just. On gold difference, I think. <laughs> it's literally it's it's not it's not far away. I think they're I think I think Morbius stays up by goal scored or something like that. It's not far off though. Yeah, I, I think that's entirely fair. Like, I went into this film with pretty low expectations. I thought it looked dog shit in the trailer, so I was expecting it to be god-awful. And that, that's exactly what I got at the end of it. Looking at the Rotten Tomato score, it, it's on 16% currently, um, after 211 reviews from the critics. The audience score, it's got a 70%. With over two and a half thousand reviews, cultists. That, that's the only explanation, isn't it? This, yeah. So the, the critical review at sixteen percent will probably have it in the top twenty worst comic book adaptations, I imagine. Because Catwoman, I think, is the lowest. I think he's got like two percent or something. <laughs> yeah, he's got like one of the lowest scores you'll ever see. But yeah, same with me, just because I didn't have high hopes, I don't think it breaks it. I went in thinking it was going to be shit, and it ended up just being shit. And I still, I think I'll go to the grave thinking that Jared Leto is a charisma vacuum. He may look pretty, but there's just, there's nothing behind those eyes. Nothing to it whatsoever. Right, so I've got a quiz, if you want to do a quick quiz. Three yeah. questions on... Reviews, you have to tell me what the film is. I did find one review, um, which I wouldn't be able to use because you wouldn't know what it was. Um, someone in January of this year left a one-star review for the Ingmar Bergman collection. Uh, the reason they left a one-star review was they bought this film for a major boyfriend, uh, sorry, a film major boyfriend, and he wound up cheating on her. So she gave it a one-star <laughs> review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So I think we will go with... Let me have a look. Now I've got to say, okay. Stu, you'll go first. Okay. Why do American writers always villainise the British and denigrate the British Special Forces? Is it Little Dick Syndrome, Envy, or both? It's a 2007 film starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. <sighs> uh... And it, I've got to say, I think it's a decent film. Sorry, Stone Cold. Yeah. I've only seen a few of them. Um, yeah, is he in the Expendables? He can't be the Expendables, can he? 
Oh, it's, it's not the Expendables. That is a good guess, to be fair, because I think that's a similar time period, and he is in the Expendables. Is it the one where he's in, like, there's a... It's got to be... Is it the Condemned? It's, yeah. It's the condemned. Yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a tunnel scene either. They're in a yeah. tunnel at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the that's Condemned what... tracking film. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, but yeah. yeah. Okay, Ash, yours is... I was not pleased. There were not enough penises. And this is a 2015 film starring Kevin Nash. <laughs> Which one? Magic Mike. Magic Mike XL. Magic Mike. <laughs> Stu to steal. I need the specific title on this one. I haven't seen these films. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know what it is. That's fascinating. No. I haven't seen it. It is Magic Mike XXL, the sequel to the first one. Because I've given you the actor in it, I feel like I need to have the specific title. Right, okay. Uh, Stu, I really wanted to see more of my favourite wrestlers, but it was a great disappointment to see them killed. A 2010 film starring Chris Jericho, Paul White, The Big Show. And Mark Henry. To be fair, th- this is very much geared more towards Ash than it is. Yeah, you feel like I've done you a disservice. <laughs> I've yeah, got no... film. It's a comedy film. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any film com- any films that I've seen them in. Because if there was, if this is one of them WWE in-house movie things, that... this one no. isn't. No, this one isn't. But. They do make like a very short appearance before they all get killed. Nothing. No, Ash. Do you know which one it is? MacGruber. It is. Never even heard of that. Oh, you should watch it, Stu. You'd love it. It's dumb fucking bollocks. I, I really like that film. Will Fort is in it, and I, I do like him. And Maya Rudolph. Kristen Wiig as well. Yeah, uh, there's one scene where uh, MacGruber, his wife has died and he goes to visit her grave where he's visited by her spirit and it's one of the funniest things <laughs> I have ever seen. I will not spoil it, but you need to watch that film. It's fantastic. Oh, it's an SNL film. Yeah, most of the cast have done SNL, yeah. but Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, back to you, Ash. This is rated a 12 when it should be a 21. A child is tortured and abused. The minor is kicked, stepped on, and as liquid poured over it was, a ring of adult males laugh as the child is abused. What happened to morals and ethics? A 2017 film starring Dave Batista. Oh, God. And I need the specific title on this one. Oh. Child is kicked. It's not Guardians 2, is it? It's Guardians 2. <laughs> The child being kicked is Groot when he was a teenager. (laughs) Stu, I think this one's playing into your wheelhouse. So it's a 2013 film starring The Rock. What the hell? Six movies and still no gas station. Uh Oh, well, he's got... Oh, Fast Six. Fast Six. Spot on. Brilliant. Well done. Uh, Ash... To close it off, uh, you've won it anyway, but what is this? Coming from a wrestling family and being the worst on competition with models, dancers, etc. I'm not buying this at all. Also starring Dwayne, 2019. I'm struggling with that one. 
Uh, rock films. Uh, it's too early for Jungle Cruise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, 2019. Oh, bollocks. I know which one it is, but I can't remember the name of it. Are you passing? Yeah, I'll pass. Stu? Hobbs and Shaw. No, no. It's so, page it's, one, isn't it? Yeah, it's about Paige, the wrestler Paige. It's oh, fighting fam- in my family. Yeah. They were talking about the character struggling against models and dancers. Because it should be about proper wrestlers, obviously, like it always is. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So we're all done this week. We'll be back with a normal question cast next week going forward. Um, I still haven't figured out what Nick Cage film to watch next. I think it's going to be The Trust. It's the but Trust, we'll- yeah. We'll discuss it and, and see where it is. But I, I think I want to do the trust just because if you've seen the the poster for the film, Nick Cage has got a banging moustache on there. I, I <laughs> did that that moustache in action. So yeah, I think that'll be the next. So we'll we'll tell you next week anyway. We'll be back with a question cast for that one. So please make sure that you're subscribed on whatever medium that you're listening to us, please. And if you could leave us a review, we will love you forever. Thank you for giving us your time this week and every week. We truly do appreciate it. Uh, so for this week, Ash, thank you very much for, for joining us to discuss some absolutely dog shit films. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Jared Leto is a fraud. Goodbye. <laughs> Ash, would you like to say goodbye? See you guys. And it's goodbye from me and remember... Be excellent to each other.